0: Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. I am so glad you're here, as always. And we have someone really awesome talking with us today. She's joining us all the way from Sweden. And her name is Jenny Landgrien. I practice that. Uh, she says it so beautifully. Hopefully, I got it close enough. Uh, Jenny is a leadership author, behavioral science expert for management and business development and the CEO of the company she founded, Nara Communications. She's also the mom to what she calls her little herd. I love it. And as she also tells me, they're very close together in age. So she is a warrior mom. I can't imagine how many diapers at one point were changed within one day. So Bella is eight. Leon and Alicia are twins, and they're both seven. So Yeni, thank you so much for joining all of us today. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for offering this
1: space for me to just talk as a mother. You know, there are so many roles to us, there are so many parts of us. And this is something that I'm really discovering continuously. So thank you for giving me a voice.
0: Of course. And something we said before we hit the record button, which I align with, with so many of my guests, because you and I do a lot of work in the workplace with adults in mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. them to communicate better and understand their emotions and the needs of themselves and others. And all of those best practices translate beautifully to our families and us as parents. So I agree with you. It's so fun to take this to a different context than you know what we do for a lot of the conversations we have during our day jobs, so to speak.
1: Yes, for sure. Like what's in common in all of these areas is us, right? Yeah. (laughs) So when we are willing to do our inner work and to be on our healing journey, it really has a ripple effect in all of those relationships. And it's very encouraging to think about it, that when we come back to
0: ourselves, uh, it really has a major impact. So happy to share about it. So true. I say all the time. It's not like we turn ourselves on at 9 a.m. or whatever time you start your work day and turn ourselves off at 5 Mm p.m. We carry ourselves through all those different places and responsibilities and roles in our lives. Yeah. Let's dive into all of this. Although if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of your backstory because that context is going to be helpful as we all move forward in this conversation together. So tell the audience a little bit about how you got to where you are with your family Mm -hmm. as it is today. Happy to.
1: So, I studied social work, and that's how I started out in business. And I did that in a town uh, very close to the town that I'm living in now. And in this town lived a very handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just swooped uh, off my feet. And uh, we ended up marrying and starting a family together. And I realized looking back that I was just that girl looking for my prince in longing Mm -hmm. for that love and and just being recognized for me. And uh, I can tell you 10 years uh, of marriage that I still really don't know what it's like to be married. Uh, It really turned out to be an abusive marriage. And uh, I have so many lessons looking back at that time and both looking at his choices and also reclaiming my power in my own life through also looking at my own choices. The decisions to stay for many years when it was really harmful to both me and the children to own it and to be self-compassionate with myself for being in that situation. It was a time of wanting to, to be enough. And after a couple of years, Bella came. And when she was ten months, I got pregnant again. And when the nurse told when the nurse told <laughs> us you. twins, I just shout to the Lord. <laughs> I shout to Jesus, like in that room. And uh, the father of my children, being more like in the moment, he was like, "Oh, cool." Then it was like, "Dude,
0: you are not."
1: <laughs> For many reasons, you don't realize responsibility of this, mm-hmm. uh, but we did welcome Leon and Alicia at 26 weeks, so they were extremely prematurely born. And I did a calculation before this, so Alicia was 800 grams. That means she was 28 ounces. Leon was 900 grams. That is 31 ounces. So these precious so vulnerable and so precious and strong (laughs) lives entered our life Mm -hmm. at a very early stage. And I can tell you receiving them so early and seeing them so vulnerable, it really triggered that part in me that just wanted to protect them. And I know that's something that Mm -hmm. resonates with all of us as parents that we just want to protect our children And the lesson that has followed for me also leaving that marriage and establishing healthy boundaries with the father of my children, it's also taught me to keep it at my side of the fence with my children and to realize, accept and love where I end as a parent and honoring where they begin.
0: So much easier said than done. Sure. (laughs) We all have that mama bear within us, which is natural and instinctual and at times helpful. But selfishly, part of why I started this podcast is because I didn't always know how to manage the mama bear and where those Um. boundaries should be and where Um. I step in and where I step back. And something I admire about you, because even through all of those experiences and having these teeny, tiny, seemingly helpless babies at 26 weeks, your message to all of us today is that we should allow friction to be part of our children's lives and that we do need to step back and let go. Can you talk more about that? Because typically I would think the message would be remove friction from your kids' lives. So <laughs> why do we want friction in our kids' lives? We want
1: friction in our kids' lives because it's reality. And we want them to have that opportunity to self-explore. Emily, what brought us this far? It's because lives, it's just up and ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And in every struggle, there's an opportunity. We can really go from asking ourselves in resistance, why is this happening to me? And open up our minds and ask ourselves, what is this teaching me? And we have the power to teach this to our children by example, but also by allowing it to happen. Just picture that if you keep a tree on your windowsill, like in in safety, and there's no wind, there's no harm, there's nothing happening. And you compare the resilience and the strength of that little tree on your windowsill compared to the tree that is out in the world and, and just like experiencing it. Like it's just facing the rain and the winds. That tree is going to grow stronger And it's, I use that picture sometimes with our children because it's the situations and when life knocks at their doors, that they have that opportunity of looking inward to their inner world and their inner toolbox of emotional intelligence and discover Mm -hmm. that for themselves. You know, it's all about discovery. You know, life was never about perfection. It's a journey of discovery and growth. And we allow that for them.
0: Let's talk about this in practical terms. Okay. So yeah. the self-exploration that you're talking about, mm-hmm. how do we help our kids through that? So our child's experiencing some friction in mm-hmm. his or her life. Mm-hmm. They might be asking, why me? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. What can we do as parents in that moment to help yeah. them turn that corner into growing the strength they need Mm. to weather that storm and into seeing it more as an opportunity rather than a victim moment?
1: Two words, curiosity and care. Mm. Those are the seeds of a sincere presence as a parent. And also it's what we model for them to share and be to themselves. So I would say, in that moment, to ask them really curious questions. This is really interesting. Tell me more. How do you feel about this? Just, you know, get them really curious at their own being, not going in punishing themselves or that negative self-talk, rather open their eyes to, whoa, where's the opportunity in this? And also with the care part, like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be angry. Our anger really teaches us about what we value. When we don't go into that self-blame or just putting ourselves down, when we actually sort of sit with it, you can imagine that your child's emotions are really just a friend of theirs that's knocking on their door, to show up and just teach them something about themselves and ask those questions. What does this mean to you? And what is this teaching you? I know, for example, to be really concrete, like my baby girl, my eight-year-old, kids are not always nice. And I'm certain that she's not always nice either (laughs) in school. But when someone would pick on her, you know, she has an emotional response to that. And it's really nice to just sit with her And ask her questions that make her really curious about, why is this important to you? She really deeply, and I believe all of us really do, value unity and belonging Mm -hmm. and compassion and fellowship. And that's a beautiful lesson to discover about ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. I love the idea of personifying our feelings as a friend who you said is knocking at the door to teach us something about ourselves. I've never heard that before, and I love it because it helps our kids envision or really put something more concrete to this really abstract thought or possibly overwhelming feelings and make it friendly and take it from I feel out of control to I'm welcoming this. I want to understand what it has for me here. That's phenomenal. So you said you would read us an excerpt from your book, and this is your first book. It's called Choosing mm-hmm. Unity, uh, which is a, a great from what you just said about your daughter who loves unity. Perfect segue there. Do you mind just reading that short snippet for us about the power and the challenge of letting go? Yeah.
1: So this is on page 68 of Choosing Unity it starts with us. The chapter is called Letting Go. So I just encourage anyone listening to just close your eyes and Be open to recognize and acknowledge what is yet for you to let go in your life, to be able to create space for something better that really serves you. Letting go does not mean not caring about what has been. It means recognizing that there are things I can't change, that I cannot control things like other people's decisions or actions. I can only control my own and some days I can't even do that. Letting go is allowing others to make up their own minds and learn from natural consequences. To accept in relationships, private or professional, that I am not alone in determining results. Letting go means caring without interfering and supporting without praying or overprotecting. Letting go means allowing others to perform their leading role in their own way rather than you having to be at the epicenter of every event. Letting go means doing the best that I can do without assigning blame. Letting go is to recognize our own flaws and find ways to grow that will not postpone things, create arguments, or make things complicated. Letting go means to take things one day at a time and enjoy the day, without feeling the need to micromanage anyone. Letting go means growing and living in the present. Rather than living in constant regret or denial, it means less anxiety, And more peace of mind.
0: Oh, so many good things. I'd love to spend time pointing them all out. But I think what I'll ask you after that is, how has this theme of letting go been healing to you in your own journey?
1: It has enabled me to accept the change of life, because life is change, and this is what is ever consistent (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have a river running underneath my balcony and I know that if I would reach out my hand and touch that water pull it back and then touch it again that I could never touch that water twice it's just every moment is new and I get to enjoy that moment and when I hold on to what has been or what I cannot control I'm just enabling me to experience that joy of this moment Mm -hmm also with my children. So letting go has taught me that I can accept and allow and be present for the beauty that truly is and create that space for something better.
0: At what stages of parenting do you find parents have the hardest time letting go?
1: In my clients, I often see it like around that time when the kids are finally able to handle themselves a bit better you know it's that time Mm -hmm. that you have longed for that time when they're not staying like banging on your door because you need to use the bathroom for a little bit that's the time when you get to acknowledge their own entity and honor them for the amazing little human beings that they are outside of you and it's a messy and beautiful process to be so needed And uh, to have so much depend on you, and it's also beautiful to open that space for what's to come after
0: that. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned previously that when we see our kids off to college, that's a time when they leave the nest, wherever they go to next. That's a time where it can feel really hard to let go. Though when I think of what you point out in that chapter... How, yes, this is the end of one thing, but it's the beginning of something new and better. And particularly for our kids, it's a really exciting chapter in their uh, journey. And thinking of it that way, that this is the beginning. This is the start. This is a whole new way that we get to have a relationship with our kids and to see our kids grow and blossom into the adults that we've been nurturing them to be. And then thinking back all the way to the other side of things with your preemie babies. And you make such a great point I'm thinking to my own parenting journey where sometimes I will do things for my boys so much longer than I need to, but either out of habit or that desire to be needed and helpful. And what I love about my husband is, is he's really great at saying, hey, they're ready for it. And he just lets them dive right in. And and it can be something really small, like, hey, let them get their own breakfast, or they can shower themselves, or let them pick out their own clothes. They feel silly when you talk about it. But those are small micro opportunities, and impactful ones where we can exercise letting go. And it gives Mm. our kids that much more empowerment and growth and independence Mm -hmm. and self-exploration like you talk about. Well, Yanni, we could talk for hours, but I really want you to first tell us how can the listeners get a hold of your book or books? There's a few others, right? So tell us about all the books that you have out there. And then in particular, if they're really interested in not just having that chapter, but the whole book of Choosing Unity, how do we get our hands on it?
1: Choosing Unity Starts With Us is on Amazon, and I am on LinkedIn, also on Facebook. And yes, I do have a second book out, and there's more coming. The second book is really a ghost write, and that is about the journey of awareness. We could do a whole other chapter about this just the awareness that you get to as you leave a narcissistic and a destructive relationship as a parent. It's not just about your own safety and your own happiness. It's about the well-being of your children as well.
0: I commend you and your bravery for telling your story, both the ups and the downs, and for giving us such wise advice today. I'm holding close these lessons of allowing and welcoming the friction letting go i i love that image of that tree on my windowsill versus The large, healthy oak tree that we think, you know, I've got one in my front yard. So beautiful pictures that you've uh, created for us today. Thank you so much for your time. We'll make sure in our episode Insider newsletter that we link to all of your books and your LinkedIn profile. By the way, if listeners are not yet signed up to receive our episode Insider, make sure to do it. Go to our brand new website. So you get a two for one. You get to check out the new website. Scroll down and you'll see where you can sign up. Those are weekly uh, emails that you get where you get extra info about our amazing guest, Yeni. So be sure to do that right away. It only takes a couple seconds. Yeni, it's awesome to talk with you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Emily, for offering this space and my voice. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.